0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast. It's week 10. I'm Scott Kianowski, and it's time to handicap some football, give you a first look at what's coming at you in the week 10 slate. I hope the football games are better than last week. In fact, I'll guarantee that they will be. I'll be joined by my good friend and host of Yahoo Sportsbook Daily, Frank Schwab, in just a second. Before we get to Mr. Schwab, just want to remind you that all the lines that we discussed today come courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. And they've got a great deal if you are a new user. You can create a BetMGM account, place your first bet, risk-free, up to $1,000. If that bet loses, you get that bet amount up to $1,000 added back to your account in free bets. Must be 21 years of age or older in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only terms to apply. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started or use the promo code yahoo when making your first deposit. Okay, with that house cleaning out of the way, let's say hello to handicapper
0: to the stars, my good friend Frank Schwab. Aloha. How you doing, Scott? I'm just hoping, uh, of course, better games, yes. And maybe some semblance of like reasonable normalcy because I, I just I, I just wrote power rankings obviously and I noted that of the top eleven teams in my power rankings last week, seven of them lost and one had a buy. Like, <laughs> what do you even make of this league anymore? It's like if you could tell me a team I can trust going forward, I, I think that'd be gold. Because I, who 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 is even you know everybody's going to talk up the Tennessee Titans this week? Yeah, the Tennessee Titans lost to the Jets already this year. All right, like l- let's not act like anybody's without flaws uh, cardinals I, I guess come the closest like they're they're i guess the one bankable thing we have but uh, yeah this league is just it is insane uh, and thankfully we're both underdog betters so we didn't get cleaned out last week but i did get cleaned out my survival pools i was like i was trying to be smart right i'm like oh i'm gonna split this up i don't want to both team i have one on the cowboys and one on the bills i'm good I'll hit, I'll hit one of those like you know no no just done done for the year of survival so yeah, yeah I was crazy out of the
1: club too is it worse to lose in the oh, Buffalo's going to score this drive? Buffalo's going to wake up. Now, oh right? is it worse to lose that hey, way oh. or worse to lose the Dallas way where it's like, okay, they didn't get off the bus today?
0: I I would rather have a team like Dallas down 30 to zip and just you're just like, okay, whatever. I because Buffalo was so like you said I did that all afternoon. I was like, all right, Buffalo forced a punt. This is the drive they score and take the lead. Oh no, no, no this is the this is the drive. This is the and I just they couldn't move the ball. It was it was one of the most insane games. At the end of the day, it's like fine. I lost on a 14 and a half point favorite. Like, uh, what are you going to do? Like, you can't, there's nothing you can do, but that's what happens every year on these pools because the NFL's crazy.
1: Yeah. That's the dirty secret of survivor. It's just a, yeah. if you don't win your survivor pool, it's just a chance to feel lousy on some random NFL Sunday <laughs> really because, is. you know, you, you, look back and say, okay, what was the upset of the season? I mean, look, the Jacksonville Buffalo game, we, we always talk about the NFL with unpredictable outcomes, but there's an excellent chance that will go down as the upset of the season. Uh-huh. So that's what you get. You you leave with a story, right? You leave with your bad beat story that, you know, one day Josh Allen Jacksonville was dominant of Josh Allen Buffalo. Let me ask you this. Uh, with, you know, with Buffalo struggling, the Chiefs have been, you know, a terrible bet for a year now and their offense is in a funk. Cover two was the hot defense in the NFL, I don't know, a decade ago. I mean, uh-huh. it was a while ago when it was yeah, the hot Tampa defense too. and it kind of went away. And now we're seeing a lot of these two deep shells are coming back. It's making – Offenses look sluggish, look impatient. I mean, there's a lot of things. Look, there's a lot of moving parts here. Buffalo's offensive line was terrible in the Jacksonville game. Kansas City has all sorts of problems right now. But what do you make of this trend of the two deep shells taking away offense? Where do you think this is headed in the short term?
0: Yeah, I think that you're going to see a lot more of it because. You know, I, there's a great play that illustrated it in a Packers-Chiefs game. And I think it was, uh, was that an Aikman game? Whoever whoever was doing the game, they pointed this out, and I saw it on Twitter later, where Mahomes just tries forcing one deep to, I think it was McCole Hardman, where Travis Kelsey is 15 yards downfield and wide open. Like, couldn't be more wide open, but you could sense that Mahomes was just, like, impatient, like you just said. Like, I need to take a shot here. I need to try to hit a big play. And it was incomplete, and he missed out on a chunk play to Kelsey for probably 20 25 yards. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, I I think that it forces teams to be impatient as long as you have the pass rush to do it. Because if you're going to play cover two, your pass rush got to take care of things. You can't, can't, it offense is going to pick you apart if the pass rush doesn't get home. So you need the pass rush, you need to have a decent pass rush to run that consistently. But I I think it's it's something that, like you said, it, it does, it makes. Quarterbacks impatient. It makes offenses impatient. They're not used to. Patrick Mahomes is not used to being a checkdown guy. Like, and he's just never going to be. So, yeah, I, I can see a lot more of that happening. Just we're hey, we're, we ain't giving you the deep stuff. If, if you want to have a perfect drive and go, you know, nine plays, ninety yards, okay, we'll 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 live with that. But you're not going to just get us, you know, Travis or Tyreek Hill over the top for eighty yards.
1: Another way to make a team penalized for playing defense like that is to run them out of it. Buffalo's running game yeah. looks terrible, Kansas uh-huh. City's running game looks terrible. I uh, you know, I think I'm done with Zach Moss forever. I, I know he was hurt in the Jacksonville <laughs> games. I don't mean to pick on him, but uh Singletary's had a poor season, Moss yep. has had a poor season, CEH has been a disappointment pretty much from the moment the Chiefs drafted him. Not not maybe a colossal bust, but not a first round value out of it. I mean, you think of what this Chiefs offense could be if maybe they drafted I don't know. I mean, a draft is hard for everybody, I get it. But what if say DK Metcalf was the pick instead of McCall Hardman or mm-hmm. you know I don't know, Terry McLaurin, somebody like that would have taken Jandre Swift instead of CEH. Would things be different? But um, drafted, Kent... they could have
0: drafted Jonathan Taylor over CEH, right? Same draft? I believe so, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, how, how would that look right now?
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Taylor. I mean, you talked about the KC not taking the easy, shorter pass. We, it was a week ago we were railing about why didn't Carson Wentz throw it to Jonathan Taylor, who was all by him lonesome. In overtime against the Titans, steady throw into coverage, through an interception. Tennessee, you know, I guess they're the team of destiny. I think Tennessee's a good team. I don't be. think they're a great team by any means. Either. No, I don't either. Uh, well coached. Uh, you know, Rabel, I would think, is probably at the top of the of the Coach of the Year ranking right now. Although, uh, maybe I have to reevaluate Kingsbury. I mean, he had Colt McCoy ready yeah. to go at some, point, at some point,
0: we just had to give up, like, this notion of Cliff Kingsbury is, is not a good coach. Because... What has he done this year? It's been good. Like, he's he's pushing all the right buttons. They're playing well. Like you said, last week was impressive. You, you go into that game, no Kyler, no DeAndre Hopkins, and you lose Chase Edmonds in the first quarter, and you figure out a way to win that game by 14? Okay. But I, at some point, we just have to tip our caps to Cliff Kingsbury, I guess. It's That just kind of shows how weird this whole season is. We'll give a quick nod to the news
1: of the week. We will not talk about the Bears, the Bengals, the Texans, and the Chiefs. They, I'm sorry. Let me say that again. The Bears, the Bengals, the Texans, and the Giants – We'll talk about the Chiefs. We won't talk about the Giants. They're your Week Ten by teams. Odell Beckham Jr. As we go to print Tuesday afternoon, has cleared waivers. Uh, Seattle's been mentioned as a destination. Green Bay. I mean, if they like, they need receivers, right? I and mean, they certainly don't want to draft them. A couple of teams that have floated. Do you have a inkling of where we think uh, Beckham may go? And do you think he'll splash
0: it all in the second half of the season? Uh, I think he ends up going to Seattle. I think he should go to Green Bay, and I think Green Bay should sign him. But Green Bay, like you kind of just joked about, like Green Bay just has this aversion to adding receivers. I don't get it. I can't explain it. I don't know why. Maybe they just think Alan Lazard is, you know, Lynn Swan 1975 or something. But uh, I, I just, I don't know why they won't do that, because it just makes perfect sense. I do think he ends up in Seattle, because Seattle's always that kind of aggressive team. And then he's going to go to Seattle and, Pete Carroll's going to run the ball 40 times a game and Russell's going to throw 18 times and OBJ is going to be upset that he's getting two targets a game. So you can just see this all unfold. fully. No, I, I don't think OBJ is going to be a, an impact guy wherever he goes. I think as producer Brett and I were talking about right before we started taping his best best career path right now, might be Antonio Brown where you just end up as one of the guys at a really good receiving room. You still end up putting up some good stats. You end up on a really good team, maybe win a Super Bowl maybe rehabilitate your career a little bit, but I don't know that OBJ can necessarily just swallow that. I don't I don't know that he can go. He seems to me like, and I might be totally wrong, but he seems to me like the kind of guy who would sign in Green Bay and say, wow, I can't believe Devontae Adams is the number two now. That's crazy. Like, I, I can't, you know, Devontae's a great number two for me. You know, I, I just don't think he can humble himself to the point of, like, I, I'm going to be the number three in Seattle. But I, I think that's going to be, I think that's gonna end up going to be in the, the end up being the best fit for him
1: yeah you make a great point with brown i mean he's really subjugated his ego in tampa bay he's been by all accounts that i've gotten a model citizen mm-hmm. you haven't heard any peeps from him on a team where he's not he's the third receiver he does not play in, in the base package you know he's he's somebody who plays 60 70 of the snaps as opposed to godwin and evans don't come off the field and even when gronkowski was was healthy i mean he was getting more goal line love than Antonio Brown. And you know, I guess that partially speaks to his relationship with Brady. And I think Brown heard his biological clock ticking in a way that Beckham has not demonstrated yet. You know, he has not right. realized, OK, I'm in a different phase of my career now. I'm not the, the cover boy for Madden. I'm not the cover boy for the league anymore. You know, I'm not one of the five signature players in the league. I'm just another player with some talent who has to accept that I can't do everything I used to be able to do.
0: Yeah. and he, I I think the best thing for him would be one year deal with a championship contender you go, you have a good playoffs, maybe you win a championship, then you hit free agency again. And everybody kind of says, oh, it was Baker Mayfield's fault. We'll give you a four-year deal. Like, I I don't know that that necessarily would happen, but I think that that would be his best path back to being OBJ.
1: Yeah, Baker Mayfield. I, I don't know what it is about all the quarterbacks who are insurance pitchmen. It's been a really bad couple of weeks <laughs> for those guys. Sure. Uh, when you mentioned the Browns. We should also duck in a note about their backfield. Uh, Nick Chubb coming off a monster game against the Bengals. Uh, He's shown up on the COVID list along with, Fellow running backs Demetric Felton and John Kelly. It's not clear if they'll be available for their showdown against New England on Sunday. Right now, they have one healthy running back. It's the Johnson. So we'll have to keep close tabs on that. Uh, again, we're not going to have clarity about this during this podcast, but it's something that we'll we'll know between now and game day. And that's one of my favorite games of the slate. We'll get to it in a minute. Let's get to the um, let's get to the island games. I, I know you're dying to talk Ravens and Dolphins. That's our Thursday night game. Uh, Miami is home. Uh, at MGM, they're catching seven and a half points, and the total is 46. You know, Baltimore, they, they didn't really look sh- sharp early in that game against Minnesota, but you know Minnesota, man, they've had a seven-point lead in every game, and they, they somehow find a way to lose in the most bizarre ways. I don't know a fan base that loathes themselves as much as Viking fans do, right. but uh, Lamar Jackson, talk about a perfect MV- MVP movement day for him. He plays great on a day where every other good quarterback either played like dirt or didn't play. So he he hurtled over a bunch of guys. and uh, I think he's what 10 to 1, 12 to 1, something like that. You could have gotten him in the twenties before last week. He's playing at a really high level. You gonna lay the wood on the road with the Ravens, or are you gonna hold your nose and maybe talk yourself into
0: the Dolphins? I can't take the Dolphins. I just can't. Even in last week's game, I mean they turned the ball over five times. Jacoby Brissett is Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. I mean Miles Gaskin has 34 yards on 20 carries. Uh, They were just lucky they were playing the Texans. Uh, I mean, the Texans are inept. Uh, They're a bad, bad, bad NFL football team. I don't love the idea of the Ravens minus seven and a half, just because the Ravens have basically been the Vikings, except luckier in their outcomes. Every game is close. Every game comes down to the end. They just end up winning more than they lose, probably because they have a really, really good football coach and they have a really, really good quarterback. That, That matters in these close games, but... I I don't know that I'm going to have many pennies on this one. I can tell you that. But if I do, it's probably going to be on the Ravens. Perfect teaser. Perfect teaser. If you want a teasing, I can't imagine. I shouldn't say that because of what happened last week. But I I can't imagine the Ravens losing outright. But in this crazy league, who knows? But I I still would feel pretty good with them as one of my teaser games in this week.
1: I think they need to find a way to get away from as great as Jackson's been. And he's working towards maybe a 5,000-yard passing season with 1,000 rushing yards. He had 21 carries last week. That's way too many. That is not a sustainable business model. I I don't want my quarterback getting hit anywhere near as much as he's getting hit. And we we know we've made jokes about their legacy backfield, right? You know, the the 2000, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is wearing number 17 to remind you that his last impactful season in the NFL was 2017. Uh, Devonta Freeman, I'm actually tempted to put fab offers in for him this week, um, which I never thought I'd say. I mean, look at the NFL, right? Look at the guys we're bidding on in fantasy, right? Adrian Peterson, Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell. Um, it's 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 a tough time to try to find running back production. But I'm not going to bet on this game either. I lean towards the Ravens. I'm not somebody who likes giving points on the road. But, you, you know, it's funny. I almost took – we talked last week about maybe using Miami, Miami in Survivor. And had I done that, they, I would have advanced as opposed right. to having Dallas. But you know what, though? Miami turned the ball over five times. They had no right winning that game. And no. the only reason they won it is because Houston. they basically threw the game to Houston. Houston said, well, we don't want it. You can have it. I mean, neither team played well. That game would have killed me. I'm almost glad I just took Dallas and, and you know, elimination pools are eliminated from my life for the rest of the season. Absolutely, uh, Not a great game to bet on. Not, a good, you know, whatever. It's it's, fan- it's, it's the NFL. Maybe, maybe there's a prop that will pop up or something. I'll, I'll look at that stuff. And if I see anything I like, maybe I'll tweet about it. But um, Eileen Ravens, not with any conviction. Perhaps we can have some conviction on the Chiefs and the Raiders. They're our Sunday night game. The game is in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Raiders are two and a half point underdogs. The total is 52 and a half. It's no fun to talk about the Raiders this season with all the, all the turmoil that's been there with the Gruden situation, the awful Henry Rugg story, you know, we're human beings. I, I don't know how the Raiders could have been focused for that Giants game. And I, it just feels awkward to even talk about them as a football team right now with all the stuff that's swirling around them. That said, the chiefs have been a horrible bet for a year. They need, again, I'm, I'm in a zone defense and I'm daring them to make some threes and they're not making them. So <laughs> I'm going to stick in my zone and just re- stubbornly and reflexively take the Raiders until the Chiefs
0: shoot me out of it. I This this line confused me. It really did. Because my first instinct, and I think we just got to, like you kind of alluded to, we just got to get ourselves out of this habit. My first instinct was, oh, Chiefs less than a field goal. Okay, let's go. And and they start thinking about it. And it's like, when's the last time I really felt good about betting on the Chiefs? And I know I cashed once on them against Philly earlier this year, but mostly... I, I just, what if the Chiefs, the, Patrick Mahomes had 166 yards at 37 attempts last week. Like, what? What is going on with that team? I, I wonder if age has caught up to Travis Kelsey. He doesn't look like the same guy. Uh, Tyreek's still great, but he hasn't had one of those explosion games in a while. There's nothing else around him, If you've talked about many, many times accurately. So, so. but then I look at the Raiders' side, and I do wonder at what point emotionally you just break? You've been dealing with so much stuff. Uh, Damon Arnett this week. And, mm. you know, we talked about the one week kind of bump they got from Gruden resigning. And I thought they got that. And we were on, uh, you know, the Raiders against the Broncos in that game. But at the same time, it's like that, that you can't maintain that all season. You can't. And I just wonder if this team's kind of broken emotionally. And I, I think to the point of, I think the odds makers have kind of taken away the Chiefs' tax now. I really do. Mm. I think that. You know, if this game was played five weeks ago, the Chiefs would have been, what, minus six and a half. Like it would, have, it would have been a much bigger spread, but I think they've realized the Chiefs are good. We need to move our power rankings down. People are starting to bet against the Chiefs and win money off of us. So I think this spread's actually fair, and my first inclination is lean Chiefs. And I, I'm going to try to talk myself out of it all week because they have been such a bad bet. And I do trust the Raiders. I do think the Raiders are a good team. I just wonder... If the Raiders emotionally are just kind of spent and it's only, you know, it's only week 10 we're talking about, but they've been through more of the season than most teams deal with in four or five seasons.
1: As narrative driven, you know, this is a trip down narrative street, but I wonder if they get any boost from having a primetime home game, if that can somehow upset some of that.
0: It very well could be. We see that all the time. I'm I, I don't know. I if I say I'll say this, if the spread goes over three and a half if, if the public gets back on the Chiefs and says, Oh like I'm talking about right now, and it gets to like three and a half, I'd probably be on the Raiders at that point. That's how not much confidence I have in this game that uh, you know, just going above that key number could uh could swing my vote there.
1: So we've talked many weeks, and I just mentioned it a second ago about the Chiefs for a year have been a bad bet. That bubble has burst. One bubble that's burst that I have not been in on okay the, the 49ers have lost eight straight home games I, I just wish i had accepted i feel like i was on them in, in just about every one of those weeks i certainly thought they were going to beat arizona last week they did nothing close to that they're at home on monday night welcoming the rams another home underdog all three of the island games have home underdogs uh, the, the niners are catching four in this game the total is 49 and a half neither team coded itself in glory last week the rams played about as poorly as they could play especially matthew stafford Losing to the Titans, and of course the Niners did very. You know, it's funny they moved the ball. I mean, Kittle came back, he had his best fantasy yeah. game in a year. Debo was Debo. Uh, they're finally getting Ayuk kind of unplugged, but they, they left points on the board. They missed field goals. Ayuk had a really critical fumble. Man, I I don't like this game because my first inclination is I got to take the points right, but it's like, well, the Niners they have no home field advantage. Just, nobody can get that stadium. I guess the place is dead. They expect to lose when they fall behind in the first quarter. Maybe if you just ignore that one glorious season of Shanahan. Maybe we just have to accept that he's been overrated as a head coach his entire tenure here. I'm struggling with this game. Frank, give me some clarity.
0: Uh, Probably Rams here because, you know, I I wrote about this in power rankings. I wrote basically that the Rams are our team that kind of just beats up on bad teams. Uh, The Buccaneers win was great. That's the quality one win. But as you kind of talked about with Charles on Sunday night, like if we're the NCAA selection committee, the quadrant, two quadrant three quadrant four wins the, the, that's where the Rams are more in quadrant three quadrant four beating the Texans and uh, you know beating the Lions and it's uh, but that's the thing the 49ers are a bad football team like that's we have to accept that right now I it took me a long time to accept that I was on them last week because you know I I, I anticipated Murray being out just from what they were saying I anticipated DeAndre Hopkins probably wasn't gonna answer the belt to Sam Murray so I was like, you know, when those guys were ruled out, I, I was sitting there. I think I had a plus one. I felt great about San Francisco, and they just got trucked. They looked terrible in that game. And it's just like, oh yeah, okay, I'm fine. I'm done. I, I can't. I can't sit here and keep acting like Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I can't sit here and act like that this team is going to come to life because they're just not. They're not a good football team. So the fact that the Rams are coming off an embarrassing loss on Sunday night at home, they get to play a bad football team. That leads me to the Rams. I, even I don't love laying for. But I, I think that they're just going to come out and be a little bit more focused coming off that loss. They get to play a bad football team where they take, they, they spank bad football teams and I, I'll take the Rams. And I, honestly, I feel fairly good about it.
1: It does speak to my theory of when a, a team with strong infrastructure is embarrassed, especially in a public game, especially in a standalone game, I'd love to back that team the next week. And mm-hmm. so I would think that the Rams play a much cleaner game this week and Man, it's hard for me to, to buy anything that Shanahan is but selling right now. Real
0: quick, before we move on to the next game, and, and I, I do ask this selfishly because I still have it stashed everywhere. At what point do the Niners just say, Trey Lance, let's go? Let, we, we got nothing going on. We are a total flat line. Jimmy hasn't played bad, so I don't know that it's justified to bench him. But at what point do the 49ers just say, whatever, let, let the kid play. Let's see if we can get a spark.
1: Because the... Bar to make the playoffs in the NFC is so low at the number seven seed. I mean, Atlanta at four and four, I believe, is the current number seven seed in the NFC. The Niners have three wins. Garoppolo's coming off a back-to-back 300-yard games. He averaged, I think, 11 yards an attempt at Chicago. He was over eight, I want to I want to say, in the Arizona game. I mean, they, they moved the ball. Yeah, the he wasn't really at the times, problem, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think they're going to th- – the idea would probably be, well, we can fix this with Garoppolo. You know, we, we maybe we should be a four and five win team. Maybe they can tell themselves that. A little bit of flukiness in the loss of the Colts. It was a terrible monsoon that day. I think the Niners maybe can kid themselves. Now It, it speaks to what should your goal be? Should your goal be the short term, try to eke into the playoffs, maybe win a game? I mean, nobody thinks this is a Super Bowl team. Or should the goal be the long term? Okay, well, Trey Lance is... Our future. He's, you know, we hope our quarterback for the next 10 years. Now that he's been in the building and he knows a little bit about the NFL, let's get him in there and let him actually learn because you know, ultimately your development is going to come from playing. It's not going to come from watching Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's a really an interesting talk. I, I don't know what you make of the whispers that, oh, uh, maybe Shanahan didn't want, maybe he wanted Mac Jones. Maybe he was talked into Trey Lance. It's hard to know who's covering, who's
0: behind on that and everything and what's really true. And uh, what do you make of all that story? Uh, I believe that if that's true, we're going to see some stories leaked in the offseason or pretty soon. Like, hey, this wasn't my guy. I wanted Mac Jones, who is probably second in the odds of rookie of the year right now. So it's an interesting theory and it, it makes sense. Uh, I Because I was on the whole, you know, once it was reported, it, they like Mac Jones and you put the dots together on who was reporting that and possibly who he knows. Uh, you kind of say, well, that's probably coming from Shanahan. And, and it, now it makes sense to think that Somebody, you know, they kind of talked him out of Mac Jones at three and they end up taking Trey Lance. And now he's kind of being a little passive aggressive, saying, I'm not going to play the kid unless I have to. Uh, I I don't know. It's a a fun conspiracy theory, isn't it? I don't know if I I don't know if it's true or not, but it's it's at least feasible. Right.
1: Well, speaking of conspiracy theories, let's transition to the Sunday games, Uh, the Seahawks and the Packers. I mean we could we could have a, we could talk for 3 hours uh, about these teams off the field but uh, I think Russell Wilson will play. I think Aaron Rodgers yeah. will play. I can't say either of those things with 100% conviction. The Packers are 4 point favorites on Sunday. It's a 49 and a half over under. What was your lean Seattle Green Bay?
0: Uh, and, and I'll just go ahead and assume both quarterbacks play obviously. If news breaks on Thursday that Aaron Rodgers is going to play, things change. I I love the Packers in this game cuz we're gonna we're gonna kind of fall for the trap of oh Russell Wilson's back. he's gonna save the Seahawks. There's a couple things here. We don't know what Russell Wilson's gonna look like throwing the ball. He had finger surgery. like I know he's incredible healing powers and he's back and he's been cleared and all this stuff. Does that mean he's hundred percent right now? Does that mean he's ready to go play in an NFL game and throw the ball thirty times? We don't know. it's possible he's not. If he is great. I'd love to see it. My fantasy teams, many of them would love to see it. But I don't know that he's going to be there yet. He did rush back from this thing. I think we have to admit that. Also, the Seahawks weren't great with Russell Wilson to start the season. They were kind of a mediocre, not really doing much for us. We kind of forget that. We just think that, oh, they they stink because Geno took over. Not really. Like, they were bad before that. The defense wasn't great. They still have a lot of questions at running back. You know, they could pull stuff out of their hats because Russell Wilson, maybe that just they just pick up where they left off, it and Russ can save them and whatever. But this Packers seems really good. I thought they competed hard last week without Aaron Rodgers. They probably should have won that game. I think they'd probably blow out the Chiefs if Aaron Rodgers plays. Right? Like I, like I mean, if if you just say okay, put Aaron Rodgers on the field against the Chiefs in that game, how many points do the Packers score? It's probably about thirty. Right? Like I, I just I think that they win that game fairly easily. I think Packers are a good team. I assume Roger's going to play. I assume he's going to be ready. I mean, He's just a guy who, he's a vet. He's 38 years old. He knows, he doesn't need a week of practice, really. I think they go out there, and I think they handle the Seahawks. I really do. I think that I, I look forward to Russ playing. I hope he's 100%, but this is also a little bit of a hedge against that, right? Like, if, if Russell Wilson is misfiring early on, the Seahawks are going to get blown out. Like, that, that just, they're not going to be able to hang in this game if Russ is less than 100% and still rusty. So it's a little bit of a bet on that. And even if Russ is 100%, I still think the Packers win this game because they're a better team.
1: Yeah, there's a certain confidence and swagger to the Packers. And they go to Arizona. They take down the Cardinals when they were undefeated. And then they did. I, I totally agree that if Rodgers had played last week, uh, the Packers defense, I thought, played very well. Of course, you can't see his offense has problems. But Jordan Love was so mediocre in that game. That's why they lost. I mean, J- Jordan Love, to me, I, I was making the joke that he looked like a tight end who was like, oh, did you play quarterback in, in high school? Yeah, we need an emergency quarterback today. Uh, can you try to do it? Sure, I'll give it a shot. I mean, he just didn't look like, he, he looked like he was not at all prepared for blitzes. Had no, I saw no cohesion between him and his teammates. I, I, it was really hard to watch.
0: Yeah. Especially Devontae. He could not, like, I think it was 13 targets, like five catches for forty sub yards, whatever. Whatever Devontae's line ended up, it was like, if you can't get the ball to Devontae Adams, like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, the whole time I was like, I didn't think Jordan Love was bad. I, I had to write the story after the game and I'm sitting there, so I'm watching, I'm trying to analyze it. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. He's, he's not good he's not bad he's just kind of there and they're not scoring any points and uh, if you're the Packers you're not exactly going to the next offseason saying well we got our answer Jordan loves fine you're like "Ooh, is, is this what we're getting because I he just was middle of the road kind of eh, whatever I thought he was bad I would actually say he was bad let's get
1: let's transition to another game uh, Bill Belichick we know he loves to beat the Jets when he has a chance to he's already done that twice now he gets to take out his aggressions on his former employers the Cleveland Browns Patriots at the home team, and they're spotting one and a half over at BetMGM. MGM, the total is 45. Yeah, I look at these two teams. I think they're very efficient, and they generally don't beat themselves. But, man, they're, they're really, really boring. I mean, the Browns, uh-huh. they don't want Baker Mayfield throwing a lot of passes. The Patriots have pretty much kept Mac Jones on a short leash. He's been fine. I don't think he's been great by any means, but because so many other rookie quarterbacks have thrown up all over themselves for the most part. I mean, you know, Justin Fields was good on Monday night. We'll say that. But it's been a bad year for the rookie class. Mac Jones stands out because he's been okay. Um, but New England, you know, Belichick will tell you games are lost far more often than they've won. And this is a Patriot team. This is OK. Yeah, we'll wait for you to give us the game, which Sam Darnold was happy to do which two <laughs> weeks ago. Justin Herbert was happy to do. I thought this line would have been more towards the standard two and a half or three points. So it came in a little bit low. My early inclination is Patriots. What say you?
0: I, I kind of like the Browns. I'm going to go ahead and assume Chubb plays because from the news I saw, he is vaccinated. So all he needs is, is negative tests, basically, by Sunday. That doesn't mean health wise is going to be ready. I just kind of assume, like, I, this is a game I'm going to bet later in the week, right? So as long as it looks like Chubb's trending to play, I, I think I'm going to take the Browns. I, I was really impressed with them on Sunday. And again, this is a week-to-week league. Like, whatever we saw on Sunday probably doesn't carry over. But they look really good. And I do think, as dumb as this sounds, it sounds, it it just doesn't sound logical to say it out loud. But I truly believe it. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a better receiver right now than Odo Beckham. At least for that team. Donovan Peoples-Jones has played better every time I've seen him this year than Odell has. I think Odell just screws up that offense. I Again, this is just... It doesn't make any sense coming out of my mouth, but this is what I see on Sundays. I see the Browns just bogged down every time Odell plays. They can't get him the ball, as Charles pointed out, the, the theory that he's just out there freelancing, so he screws up the offense. I, I buy that. I think that something was amiss with Odell Beckham, and I think they kind of are free. Like, I think that... They just feel like, okay, he's gone. We don't got to worry about him anymore. Let's get the ball to Jarvis. Let's get the ball down to the people's Jones. Let's run the heck out of the ball, which we're really, really good at. So I think that they're actually a better team without him, as weird as it sounds, because he's still a talented dude. But I, I like the Browns in the spot. I really do. I think that I think they can go in there and win. I think they're going to cause some problems with their front t- for back Jones. Do I worry about Bill Belichick getting in May- Baker Mayfield's head for six? I do. I, I absolutely do. But the way the Browns played last week, I'm willing to back them another week and say, you know, maybe there's a team that is going to get hot and kind of live up to what we thought they'd be in the preseason.
1: It's another game where uh, totals 45. I, I love first half. I don't know what the first half total is. I would think it's probably 20, 21, something like that. We know the Browns don't want Baker Mayfield throwing 40 passes. We know certainly the Patriots right. don't want Mac Jones to air it out. I bet the, I like the first quarter, or first half under with both teams coming in conservative totally agree with the idea that Mayfield and the Browns offense is better without Beckham because once with Beckham not willing to accept his limitations now in the, the phase of his career we talked about this earlier it becomes a problem where he expects a certain amount of targets he expects a certain amount of leeway a certain amount to you know, just okay run whatever route you want you know stuff like that i, I baker played well when Previous seasons when he was hurt, Mayfield had better performances when Uh Beckham wasn't Uh on the field. That's a common thread here. So I agree with that story. But uh, with the Patriots just kind of rounding into shape, what, what is coaching in the NFL, right? It is figuring out what you have and getting better as the season goes along. And it's just been so many years where the Patriots don't look like much early in the year. And then middle of the season, it's like, oh, wow, you know, this team's kind of putting it together right now. I buy into that narrative. I like the fact that if you take the Patriots minus one and a half, you're basically taking them on the money line. I mean, you just ask them to win the game. So I'm going to lean New England. Mm-hmm. I'm not pounding the table for them. They won't be my conviction pick at the end of this show. But for the moment, we disagree on this one. Of course, we have to kind of see what happens with the Chubb story. That would be a big
0: – not that Johnson was bad a couple of weeks ago against Denver, right. but Chubb, – Chubb might be the best running back in the NFL with Derrick Henry out. Just straight running. Just I'm, just not, I'm not talking about Christian McCaffrey versatility, but it's probably either Jonathan Taylor or – Nick Chubb at this point is as far as a pure runner yeah
1: I love watching both those guys I still think both teams could use them a little bit more too okay so Tennessee Titans hottest team in football they're they're beating everybody Buffalo Kansas City they took the Rams down they took the Colts down in overtime couldn't beat the Jets but you know the heck of a football team why are they only spotting three points at home to the Saints (laughs) I know the Saints are a good team they didn't really play well last week they made a nice comeback and briefly were ahead of Atlanta before losing in the end but um Trevor Simeon, week to week, he had some moments late in that game. I don't trust him long-term. I'm kind of surprised that Taysom Hill wasn't the starter. And I wonder at what point is Taysom Hill going to get a shot here? Again, the Titans are spotting three points at home. If you bet uh, at MGM, the total is 45. This is like, what's going on here? Because my first thought is I have to take the Titans. Uh, How can I not take the Titans? Uh, Talk me out of it.
0: No, I I probably won't. uh, I'll probably be on the same side. But let me give, uh, this is why the line is minus three, I guess. The Saints play a really good defense. They they, they are, I, I know they didn't play great last week against the Falcons, but overall, this is a pretty good defensive team. And the Titans, when we really dissect what they did against the Rams, and I, I know you can't just say, well, take out the two pick sixes, because those did happen. They were huge plays. But if you do take out the two pick sixes, they didn't move the ball. I mean, they weren't really going up and down the field on the Rams. They just kind of got two gift touchdowns. They kind of rolled that to a win. I, I you know, from play to play, I wasn't really impressed with the Titans. They made the two big, huge plays. They got a great win, all that kind of stuff. That's all true. Jeffrey Simmons played out of his mind. The defense was really good. But I didn't think play-to-play the Titans were dominant in that game. They just swung the game when Matthew Stafford lost his mind for a minute. And so, but at the end of the day, I still am probably going to be on the Titans. I will say this. It all depends on the quarterback for me. Because I think it's a huge mistake for them to start Trevor Simeon. Maybe it's just because I'm based in Denver and I've heard all the negative stuff about Trevor Simeon from years ago, but I think he's just a limited quarterback. And of all people, I didn't think Sean Payton would be falling for quarterback wins, right? Like that they they beat the Bucs. and I was like, okay, you got you you, you stole that win against the Bucs or so their backup quarterback. He played fine; he, he made some plays. But now you go, you get Taysom healthy, you play him. And by the way, so it's like if it was a Taysom health in, uh, issue he shouldn't have been playing at all. Like either he's healthy or he's not. Like if he's healthy enough to be on the field, active, throw two passes, he should be your starting quarterback in my mind. It shouldn't have been a health issue there. So I would taste him. I I think the Saints are a better team because yeah, it's, it's unconventional, but I think they bring more to the table. I I just think Trevor's just, he rallied them at the end, but Going into that fourth quarter, I I think they had three points, and they just looked terrible on offense. He he couldn't hit anything, and I I just think that's kind of who he is. They don't have enough weapons around him to boost him up. You need a little more juice out of your quarterback position, and Taysom could give you that. Just his running ability, dual threat, he could really throw a defense off. So if Taysom starts in this game, I won't be on the Titans. I'll I'll say that. If Simeon starts, I'll be on the Titans. I I just think they're a better team, and I think the Saints are really going to be kind of limited until they just until Sean Payton gets I don't know what's going on Sean Payton loved Trevor uh, Taysom Hill all these years he would go in in the weirdest spots and replacing mm-hmm. one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time even in when Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns did, Sean Payton couldn't get Kamara seven because he had to get Taysom Hill a touchdown at the end like yeah he can't get uh, Alvin Kamara a seventh touchdown sets of NFL records here no you gotta you have to get Taysom one and now when it comes time to okay the rest of our season we need a new quarterback he's like mm. I'm going to go Trevor Sinian. It doesn't. I don't get what's going on. I don't get why he made that decision.
1: Yeah, I almost wonder if just Peyton likes being a contrarian sometimes for the sake of being a contrarian. I and mean, for the longest time, the hill he was going to die on was Taysom Hill. And we <laughs> made all the jokes and why are you rushing in a Hall of Famer off the field? But Hill was a better passer than I... Wanted to give him credit for and he played a lot better yep. as a starter last year than I expected. I'll admit I and got that's that the wrong. Thing, he
0: played well as a starter last year. <laughs> it's not like you're like, well, we don't know what we're getting to taste him. You kind of do. He played pretty well four games last year.
1: Yeah, my prediction is that Simeon starts this game, throws the ball over himself and Taysom Hill and is the starter going forward. I could and um, Andy Barron's my my fantasy colleague, when we did the pickups a day ago. Uh, he was sharing some of your Trey Lance optimism. And I said that I I would apply that optimism to Taysom Hill. If mm-hmm. I were in a league, yeah. a super flex league, a deeper format, I, I think Taysom Hill's the quarterback who right now maybe doesn't hold value, but is going to hold a lot of value in the, the maybe the second uh, half of the year or the, or the final third of the season. He's somebody I'd be looking to stash right now if I could. In the meantime – Give me the Titans, and you're right. Look, they, I don't even think they had 200 yards of offense in the Rams game, but part of that was game flow. They could just unplug the offense and say, okay, we've got a big lead. Let's just not blow it. Our defense is playing really – the defense, they really fixed it. It looked horrible about four or five weeks ago. This defense is an interesting unit now. So I want you to give a hug or, or send an email or some chocolates or some flowers to the Vikings fans <laughs> in, in your orbit because, man – what a tough go. This team, they compete every week. They have a lead every week. They find a way to lose a one-score game more often than not. But now they're at the Chargers, and they've kind of got a checkered history with that too. You know, I mean, one of these teams is going to find a way to lose in a macabre fashion. I'm not sure who it will be. Chargers, as we know, don't have much of a home-field advantage. The home team here, they're spotting two-and-a-half over at Bed-MGM. A juicy total of 52.5. I'm just starting to wonder, is Kirk Cousins just good enough to lose with? I mean, he's constantly throwing wow. behind the sticks on third down. You would think the pieces here should be good enough. I know they don't have the greatest depth on offense, but Jefferson's generational talent cooks a, about as good of a running back as the league has. Adam Thielen's still plenty productive as far as I can tell. I know he didn't have a great game in Baltimore, but he's a pretty good number two. I, I, I don't know why it doesn't add up with the Vikings. Maybe it's just you know Zimmer's time has come and gone. He has fixed the defense this year. I'll say that. You didn't see it last week, but Minnesota's defense has been good. The thing with me, Frank, and we've talked about this a lot in this show, I believe in the Chargers. I believe in what they're selling. I believe in how they play defense. Go ahead and run on us. We're going to play pass defense. I like Herbert. It was really good to see him get his mojo back last week. I know Philadelphia's pass defense is a joke right now, but I just I, I sleep better at night knowing that Justin Herbert just had a really good football game and secured a win. I think the Chargers still have the upside of a playoff team as a team that could maybe even win the AFC if they got a couple of breaks. Minnesota, to me, I think they'll have uh, a coaching search going on in January. So I'm going to be on the Chargers here
0: it's yeah i i hate it because i sat here on sunday on the nfl powder charles and said i just got to quit the chargers because last sunday they got the they got the win they got the money all that i that ended up being my one of my three biggest plays of the week and i was very happy to see chargers win but it wasn't good it wasn't like it was like you know what chargers if you're really a contender like if you're that team you go into Philadelphia and you pound them and you're you're not needing a last second field goal and having to go for it on fourth and one with a minute and a half to go. I, I just came out of that game feeling so like eh, the Chargers, they're, they're just maybe not the team I thought they were. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. They did get the win. Maybe I expect too much out of that. But I wonder about the Vikings mentality at some point because. On one hand, I love going against teams that have bad records that just got unlucky. I I think your record in close games... Is one of those things that regresses to the mean. No matter if it if you're you know seven and one in close games, you're going to lose some. It's going to happen. You're getting lucky if you're one and seven in close games. You're getting unlucky. And the Vikings have been really unlucky in close games. Like, yeah, they can't close the door. Maybe that's. I don't think their offense coordinator, Clint Kubiak, is that good. I mean, you, they they lose Justin Jefferson for quarters at a time. It's like, guys, this is one of the five most talented receivers in football. Get him the ball, please. But I. I you wonder at what point all these close losses you just break. You're just like, we can't win. We're we're behind the sticks so far now that we just can't we can't rally from this record-wise. And I, I do wonder if we're getting to that point with the Vikings, as we pointed out again with Charles on Sunday. The Vikings are the best bad team in football. They're they're much better than a record indicates. It's gonna. Be, I'm not gonna. Be, I'll probably end up being on the Chargers here, but not with the conviction I had last week. Last week I thought. They would go in. They're going to handle business against Philly. I'm going to feel comfortable the whole game. Even when the line was moving against me, I just kept grabbing more and more. You know, now it's one and a half. Now it's a pick them. I just kept betting them. But I came out of that game feeling pretty lucky I got the money. And I, I don't know that I can reinvest in the Chargers right away again. I want to know what's going on with Mike
1: Williams. A month ago, the story yeah. was, oh, you should have taken Mike Williams in fantasy, not Keenan Allen. He's the, the, the lead singer in this offense. And Mike Williams has been on a milk carton for a few weeks. He was a little bit dinged up. I know he got some of Darius Slay. On Sunday, but Slay didn't play the whole game. Slay was on the sidelines for a while. He was dinged up as well. I don't know what the disconnect here is. But, and again, we talked about teams, you know, defending with deep shells. And I'm sure, you know, when the Patriots played them, their their idea was look, Mike Williams is not beating us. That was probably part of it. Maybe Philadelphia. I didn't get a chance to look at the game with any tape detail. But I wonder if Philadelphia, I I know Slay did see some of Williams. So that's part of the explanation. But Mike Williams looked like a destructive player for the first month of the year. And he has been
0: invisible since then. Yep, I think two catches last week, and one of them was a long one, and then nothing, basically nothing after that. It was weird.
1: Yeah, to me, he's the guy, if they're going to make a deep yeah, run, it's I because agree. they unlocked Mike Williams again, and I'm not sure what it's going to take. And again, you know, who, who knows? Maybe we find up at the end of the year, he's like, oh yeah, you know, my, my shoulder's been jelly for three months. I mean, you yeah, may I think find that's that
0: it, It just coincided so much with him getting on the injury report. I think he, whatever, there was a game where it was like really, truly a game-time decision, and ever since then, he's been kind of Mm, just a mediocre guy. I think it's just, it's gotta be injury related.
1: So we'll try to pick up the pace a little bit, go to the no huddle for the rest of the games. Frank, I, I come here to talk to you football. Cause I know you're dying to talk about the bills and the jets. <laughs> uh, the, the look, man, they out. the jets almost got a cover for the ages in that Thursday night game. Josh Johnson playing out of his mind. They almost covered at Indianapolis. It took the, a tipped interception to put the money in the Indianapolis hands. Um, now they're playing a Buffalo team, surely in a pretty nasty mood after playing, Horrible football game against the Jaguars. The Jets are 13-point underdogs at home. The total is 47 and a half. I, I really don't like betting games with big spreads like this. What's your lean on
0: Buffalo, New York? Uh, I'm gonna take the Jets. Uh, I they move the ball. I I mean they can they're not draw dead on offense. They're not the Texans. You know, they they can get up and down the field, whether it's Mike White or Josh Johnson or whoever's gonna be their quarterback on Sunday. So I, I just I don't know. Maybe the Bills aren't what they thought, what we thought, and maybe I'm just bitter that they knocked me out of my survival pool in that ugly loss. But uh, I'll take the Jets. I, I think that the Bills are kind of out of the circle of trust for me. I need, I need to see it now again. And I, I do wonder if they're just in that spot of the schedule where it's like every week they're playing a terrible team, and it's just. It's hard to get up to play the Jaguars. It's hard to get up to play the Jets. I, I get it, especially when, you know, you got kind of your eyes on the Super Bowl prize. I think are screwing up the number one seed in the AFC or probably have screwed it up already. I don't know. I, I take the Jets here because I just am not impressed with the Bills lately.
1: And What, what does Buffalo really have in its resume? Its big win was the win in Kansas City. And that that and the yeah, worth of that Asian game one. goes
0: down every week. Yep, sure does. They're, it's not aging well. It's uh, they they've blown out a couple teams early on that were bad, and that's a good sign. But then, you know, they played the Dolphins as three three at halftime. They play the Jaguars and they put up six points and lose. Like, uh, it's it's getting a little it's getting a little wor- worrisome for all those future bets I have on the Bills.
1: That offensive line played so poorly Sunday, and, and again, you were just dominated by the Jaguars. Who have and been the Jets the-
0: are good up front. Like they mm-hmm. I, they yes, were embarrassed. They, they, they had an embarrassing defensive performance against the Colts, but. They can get after the quarterback. So, yeah, that's a, not a great matchup for the Bills either.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Jets the last two weeks, they they take down Cincinnati, who, who's at least a, an average, maybe a slightly above average team. I know they haven't shown good foot lately. And then they got off to a poor start against the Colts. They're getting blown out. But, I mean, Josh Johnson went up and down the field. There are, here's, here's the thing, right? I, I know fantasy isn't a perfect application to handicapping and NFL strength, but the Jetson players you want to play, right? Michael mm-hmm. Carter has mm-hmm. fantasy value. Ty Johnson has put up double-digit fantasy points in four straight weeks, and he's not even their starting running back. We saw Elijah Moore make some splash plays. They have talent at wide receiver. And and they had two non-starting quarterbacks, two backup quarterbacks put up huge numbers out of nowhere the last two weeks. Uh, coincidentally, they, they made a shift. I don't know why they didn't do this at the beginning of the season, but they finally moved their offensive coordinator upstairs. Uh, their, their offensive coordinator was actually on field level, which – when you think of how and you've been on field level for football, that's, all you, know, yeah. you can't see anything. You can't really you know, tell what's going on. It's like watching anything. a game in the fog, know, you know, to great. really understand the the chess of the game. You need to be at a, at a height where you have some perspective. I don't know why they didn't do that before the season, but I believe that the Jets are going to score 20 points in this game, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a mm-hmm. case of I don't I don't trust the Buffalo offense right now, not the way I did maybe a month ago. And. You know, Josh Allen's a good player. He's struggling right now. The idea that he was ever the MVP favorite, I don't really understand it. I, I don't think he's really even played that great all season. The first win against Miami, he played poorly. They just happened to win the game in a blowout. It, it maybe it looks better than it was. He still runs really, really well. You know, Sanders has had a nice season. When you and I drafted Stephon Diggs in a fantasy league. It's been a, a major disappointment. They can't seem to get him going again. Those two deep shells, they need. they're getting defended a certain way. And they need to find an answer to it. And it's not going to be in their backfield. It's not going to be with their offensive line. And I don't know how many bubble screens you can throw to Cole Beasley. I don't think that's the answer either.
0: <laughs> nope, it sure ain't. That it's Yeah, the offense is broken, and they need to figure it out.
1: Well, speaking of broken things, how about the Philadelphia Eagles? They go to Denver. Uh, they finally kind of given up. They, they used to throw their running plays in the trash 15 minutes in. Now they're doing the exact opposite. They're just going to run the ball into the ground. They did it against Detroit two weeks ago, of course, in a big win. And then they ran the ball into the ground against the Chargers. They lost a competitive game, but they've really unplugged Jalen Hurts the last couple of weeks. The Broncos, who had lost their way, and I, I don't know anybody who felt confident with them going to Dallas, and then they just absolutely just demolished the Cowboys, the Darling Cowboys, the you know perfect against the spread Cowboys. Denver wins that game A to Z. Teddy had a great game. The defense was excellent. And Denver will tell you, look, we're, we're not giving up. We traded Von Miller. We got a great offer for diminished mm-hmm. talent. We still think we can maybe win this division or get into the playoff hunt. They're two and a half point favorites at BetMGM. MGM. The total is 45. I just, this, I, the Eagles, I, I can't trust, man. The Eagles frustrate me. I don't really like the way Nick Sirianni approaches things. It's look, Vic Fangio is a hard guy to get on board with too, but I feel like there's more things in Denver I can believe in. I'm going to have the Broncos here.
0: Yeah. And again, I don't want to fall trapped to what we saw last week because that doesn't carry over at NFL, but the Broncos look good, like legitimately, like if you just dropped your, you know, somebody into the NFL season right now, and that was the first game they watched without any context at all, they'd be like, wow, the Broncos are great. And the Cowboys, what are they going to go three and 14? Like, I, it was that kind of game. They, like you said, A to Z, every single way you could beat a team, they beat the Dallas Cowboys, who I'd still trust. I I shouldn't say trust. I don't trust anybody who I still think the Cowboys are a good team. Like, right. Like, and, and the Broncos demolish them and i know the eagles are mediocre i know that they're just whatever i I think the broncos are good enough right here that the minus two and a half looks pretty good to me like i'll take the broncos i feel pretty good about that it's not a game i'm like looking forward to watching but i think uh betting wise this was one of the lines that really stuck out to me where i was just like i just think the broncos are the better team and maybe we saw something last week that they, they, they started to turn a corner they started they have talent there's no question about that they got dudes like i like both their running backs i like a lot of what they do at wide receiver no offense a good player when he comes back uh, their defense does have guys uh, yeah I, I like the broncos and i feel pretty confident about it
1: let's talk about we a common theme in this podcast is don't overreact to outlier performances and the cowboys just showed us their their worst performance last week losing to denver now they're at home against the Falcons team that found a way to beat New Orleans. That was a surprising upset. That took out some people in elimination pools, too. The Cowboys are home favorites, nine points. Uh, the total is 54.5 at BetMGM. MGM. What was your lean on Atlanta-Dallas? Uh,
0: not much of one right here. I probably will end up being, I guess, with the Cowboys, just because I think I don't think their offense was exposed or anything. I think they're going to come out and beat a bad Falcons defense kind of into the ground here. <laughs> I was surprised the Falcons scored as much as they did without Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan has played pretty well. I thought early in the season, I was like, uh-oh, this this is not looking good for Matt Ryan. He's really right in the ship, played well. I, I still think this Falcons offense is really, really limited without Calvin Ridley. I don't know how many points they're going to put up here. And I just think there's going to be a, an angry Cowboys team. I, I think that they, they know they screwed up last week. Whatever happened, if they overlooked them, they didn't. Whatever it was, I think they look to get back on track. And even though minus nine is not a number I I usually like taking, I feel okay about it. I'll, I'll probably be on the Cowboys here.
1: Yeah, throw them in the teaser basket.
0: Yeah, they that that's a perfect teaser game, right? Like that, that or the next game we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah, so my, a lot of my fantasy teams were missing Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. You know, Leonard Fournette's been one of the most steady fantasy backs yeah. this year. Brady's having a great season. He he's probably the MVP favorite right now. Great receivers. They don't play last week. Washington football team didn't play last week. This is a rematch of actually the most competitive Buccaneers game in the playoffs last year where Taylor Heineke gave him a scare. Washington is a a nine-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The total is 51-and-a-half. We saw Tampa Bay go on a run the second half last year, and maybe it's just a convenient storyline, but I just feel like off a bye, so much more talent. I haven't liked the, the football team's defense Tampa's getting 30-plus here. Now, Heineke's moved the ball pretty well in, in some of his games, but they've had trouble cashing in points. They moved the ball up and down the Broncos a couple of weeks ago, but they couldn't get any points out of it. I, I just feel like Tampa's getting 30, 35, 40 points. Can WFT keep up? Hate spotting a big number on the road, but I think I'm prepared to do it.
0: Man, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I'll probably end up picking... Washington and our pick and pools and stuff but no confidence either way on this game I think it's a huge number not one I really want to lay I do think Washington can move the ball maybe Antonio Gibson finally you know breaks out of his slump because he's been hurt he's got the shin injury I think this is the make it or break it week for Antonio Gibson for fantasy owners like if he comes out and has nine carries again like he did against Denver like uh, it's time to find another option so i think washington could maybe get in the back door but i yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and argue too much with you on this pick because i have no confidence either way
1: man do they need logan thomas back too okay jacksonville indianapolis the jaguars off they shocking urban meyer's on two out of three streak right now can he save <laughs> his job i i don't know colt's want to believe they're a good team. Uh, we see the good wins one week. We see the bad wins a different week. He played pretty well against the Jets. They're, of course, big favorites at home. Ten and a half, which I think was the line the previous week against New York. Uh, Ten and a half over the Jaguars. The totals 47 and a half. Again, these are hard games for me with, with the big spreads, with a good team and a bad team. What's your lean, Jacksonville Indy?
0: I guess the Colts but I don't know I a lot depends on James Robinson's back and I think he will be like he, it didn't sound like a multi-week injury there he their offense without him was just terrible like they're I don't think that they're really good enough to use the guys they have They're not really good they're definitely not good enough to lose a guy like James Robinson to figure things out so I, 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 I know the Jaguars won good for you great but at the end of the day they're still not a very good football team and uh, I'll lean towards the Colts but not with any confidence
1: yeah I mean the last time Jonathan Taylor saw these guys he ran for like 250 or something like that some <laughs> crazy number of yards and um, even though they don't want to give him 20 carries in any game for some reason it sure seems like he's going to win the rushing title so uh, he's I uh, always want to see more of Taylor but uh, maybe I'll we'll jump in on Taylor probably I'm sure they're probably coming pretty high when you when that opens up give me a shout maybe we'll share it on Twitter Yeah, uh, might might be I'd, I'd have to assume it's close to 90 right it always yeah. has to be and you know what I think I'd be going over it um I did not miss the Detroit Lions on their bye week. I don't know about you. Nope. They're back now playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, were they lucky to beat Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the Not only were there a lot of terrible towels at that game, there were a lot of yellow flags. I guess the terrible the thing with the Steelers fans is they can throw their terrible towel on the field when needed, and it's a flag on the opposing team. But how many times have the Steelers played down to their level of competition? Uh, they're 9.5-point favorites over the Lions. Total is very low, 435 I just when Pittsburgh plays a team they're supposed to crush. I just always assume they're not going to. That's not very
0: intricate, but I gotta lean Detroit here. Yep, same thing you said, Ed. Uh, you know they they do play down to the competition during Tomlin era. They just have like I, I love Mike Tomlin as a coach. I think he's really really good, and he's uh, he's got a Hall of Fame resume. He really does. But they do lay eggs against bad teams. And the Lions look. I get their last game was ugly. Maybe they just needed this bye week to regroup because they have been competitive most games. And again, I keep saying this every time we talk about the Steelers, the offense is not good enough to lay a big number. It's just not. It's uh, Ben just still is not throwing the ball down. Whatever. I think Deontay ended up catching it, but there was like a fifty-yard, or I think it ended up being a forty-some-yard pass play, and Roethlisberger needed everything he could get on it to get it 45 yards downfield, the Deontay had to come back for it. Like, it was—the the, the DBs just weren't ready for it to be that underthrown, and he comes back and catches it. It probably your biggest pass play of the day. And it's just that's their offense. Like, they just—they're not going to score enough to just blast a lot of people. I know the Lions have their issues, too, but I, I think 9.5 is way too much, even for a really, really bad Lions team, because I think the, the Steelers going to end up winning a lot of four- and five-point games this year.
1: That throw you described, it was hard to watch. I mean, it it looked like Roethlisberger was like a punter or something who was asked to throw a deep pass and was trying to muster every amount of oomph he had. Uh, He he just looks like a guy who's on his last legs. So I'll be on Detroit. Time for conviction, Frank. What are they? Too long, you didn't listen. What are the games that we're pounding the table for in week 10?
0: Uh, as weird as it sounds, Broncos minus two and a half is the game that really, really just jumped out at me. I do like the Browns. Uh, I'll be on them probably money line. I'm just going to wait to see the Chubb situation because I do want to see him play. If Simeon starts for the saints, I'll be on the Titans and, and feel pretty good about it. I just don't think Simeon's that dude and Packers Packers is a game where I just feel like we're kind of overrating Russell Wilson's return a little bit and he could be, end up being a little bit rusty.
1: I always hate it when my conviction plays their favorites because I'm an underdog guy. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go heads up on the New England-Cleveland game. I'm still not giving up on the Chargers, and I think Green Bay's just become a team with a lot of swagger, a lot of nerve. I think they know they should have won last week. Uh, they had the nerve to go in and, and beat Arizona and Seattle. Russell Wilson's a bandaid, but there's a huge wound on the Seahawks that Russell Wilson can't cover up. We know Geno Smith couldn't cover it, so I'll be riding with you on Green Bay. I also like the Titans. If we can get confirmation of Simeon starting, I think Sean Payton's making a mistake there. He's a heck of a coach, but I think eventually they're going to go back to Taysom Hill, probably in the middle of this game, and for purpose for full time purposes, probably next week. Stash Taysom Hill in your fantasy league. By the way,
0: it, it, it ends up being a pretty good. Like we're going to have to look at Trevor Simeon props too, because if if he does get mm. end up starting, go under. You sure. can take the under on his passing yards because I totally agree with your theory that this could be the game where Sean Payton's just at halftime saying. All right, Taysom, we need a spark. Let's go.
1: And if you're looking for more betting advice from people like Frank Schwab uh, across all sports, NCAA basketball tipping off today. By the way, I think you're wrong that UCLA is overrated. I actually like their recruiting class, and I believe... And what Johnny Jacquez became in the second half of that season. I, I know they were lucky. Look, their first four team goes to the Final Four. That's just, you know, a very fluky thing. They, but
0: They could have lost that first four game in overtime, but we would not be talking about the UCLA Bruins right now. That's my only angle on them. Man, they brought so much back,
1: though. They and, and, and they have a legitimate star. So I, I, I'm i a believer in this UCLA team. Um, we'll, we'll go heads Villanova, up that. I think they well. play
0: Villanova on Friday, and that's going to be a heck of a basketball game.
1: They have Gonzaga in November, too. I'm not guaranteeing they're going to be great in November. I mean, Gonzaga might run them off the the floor for all we know. That Gonzaga team is loaded again. But you want more betting advice? NCAA basketball, football, uh, all sports, water polo, hockey. If if it's a sport, you can bet on Frank Schwab, the Yahoo Sportsbook Daily Podcast. Going to give you good intel. Please subscribe to that and check that out on your podcast platform of choice. We'd love if you'd subscribe to this show the yahoo fantasy football forecast you can get social with us on twitter frank is at yahoo schwab i'm at scott underscore pianowski and of course all your fantasy news notes gifs all that stuff gifs however you say that yahoo fantasy matt dalton they're back tomorrow it's a stat nerd thursday they'll give you everything you need to know about the thursday game between baltimore and miami until then for frank for producer brett i'm scott great cash homie you're out